are listening to a Military Life Media podcast. Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome to the 150th episode of the podcast. What a huge milestone for all of us to celebrate. Four years of the podcast, 150 episodes and 80,000 downloads. I want to say thank you to all of you for sharing your stories, listening, supporting, for getting it. You just get it. For this community we have all built and for this amazing space of connection and belonging we have all created. It's been four years, 150 episodes and 80,000 downloads of defence partners and families being seen and heard, allowing us to share in the ups and downs of military life, to share experiences, advice, information and insight. So much valuable insight. It's been four years, 150 episodes and 80,000 downloads of defence partners and families feeling acknowledged for all that we do and sacrifice and juggle. And most importantly, for four years, 150 episodes and 80,000 downloads, the Military Life community has been a place where all defence partners, Navy, Army and Air Force can connect and belong. So get comfy and enjoy listening to some of the best advice words of wisdom, tips and tricks, insider info, real talk from a handful of defence partners who have previously shared their spouse journey with us. Here's the Military Life Podcast's 150th episode. But first, a little bit about why I created the Military Life Podcast and community. I founded Military Life, a movement of defence partners, after I lived the first 10 years of defence life feeling like I didn't really belong feeling isolated, disconnected, and wondering how long I could continue living defence life. And then I found my community, the defence community, and everything changed. Suddenly things felt lighter, suddenly I had people who just got me, and suddenly I felt connected and as if I had found something I didn't even know was missing from my life. Once I found community and connection, I wanted every defence partner to have what I had found. And so Military Life was born. A community, a podcast, and a space for all defence partners, whether they had been living defence life for two weeks or, like me, 20 years, and from wherever they're located, whether their defence member is Army, Navy, or Air Force, whether their defence member goes away a little or a lot or is home and works a desk job. A community where the stories and experiences and voices of all defence partners are heard and where all defence partners feel like they belong. And if this podcast had been around when I was first started, I think I would have had confidence to know that I, I think I was looking at it as, oh, woe is me. I'm the only person going through this, but you're definitely not. 
you will never ever be the only person experiencing this so if it's not that exacting what you're experiencing someone can empathize and all you've got to do is show up Obviously, creating your own life, your own connections and having your own things happening so that when the defence member does come and go, you are still able to have those connections, friendships, which is important so that, like you said, you're not just sitting at home twiddling your thumbs kind of thing until they get home. Like you mentioned, you didn't know that you were going to get repeat postings in the same location. You have put yourself out there kind of thing instead of holding on to hope like, oh, we'll be out of here in two years kind of thing. So I'm not going to bother. But it's ended up being that you've been there for six years. So it actually was an extremely positive thing and something that you definitely should have done for yourself instead of basing everything around the defence member. If I'd had my time again, I wouldn't drag my feet. I'd get straight out there and I'd meet new people and I'd just get on with my life because sitting around and wasting that year, even even two years, by going, oh, there's no point, I wasted all that time that I could have made new friends and made new connections and, yeah, I just I didn't do as much as I probably could have. I truly believe that all all of the experiences we have, it all kind of comes together in the end and you, you can find ways to use all of your experience and skills. What type of information would be useful for you or what sort of information do you wish was offered to you to make this process that little bit easier? I feel like I've found everything I needed to find, but what information would have been really good initially before I had to go look for it was just that information about defence housing or that like provided to you in detail, like not having to go look for it because I'm sure not everybody goes to the effort to look for it either, but it's a bit overwhelming and it just would be good to have it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, about what defence housing will actually be like and how we go about that in the process And the same with the family health program, just how to go about like doing the forms, all of that. So it's ready. And because I feel like he takes so much paperwork when he goes to Wagga, but I know there's more paperwork to come, but I was the one sitting there doing the paperwork. Like sure, he was signing it. He knew what he was doing and I was helping him, but I was the one writing down the address and the Medicare numbers and all of that. And that's just something I've always done. I maybe shouldn't have done it for him. Maybe I should just let him go do it because when they give him forms once he's in, he's going to have to work it out for himself. And that always worries me because I'm like, oh, well, I always do the paperwork. So I hope he does it right. How are you looking after your mental health now? And are you still going to open arms? Have you still accessed that sort of support or have you accessed anything else? I continue to access open arms and we continue to access open arms together as well. It's something that I feel that we're very fortunate to have access to. It's something that if you were to pay privately, it might be something that is is simply just out of your budget or logistically, you know, you might not be able to, to make work. So I feel very fortunate that we have access to that. And obviously mental health is something that is extremely important but that defence life does add some rather unique strains to. So I continue to have my individual sessions and I've been very fortunate that I 
even throughout COVID, there's that great flexibility of doing them via Zoom when, you know, we weren't allowed to be face to face or going in and, you know, having a session while wearing a mask or having a session now completely back to normal. So there's been that real flexibility, which has meant that I haven't had to sacrifice that. I did finish up with my clinician in Toowoomba and have found an equally great clinician here in Townsville. However, the clinician that Rob and I were seeing in Toowoomba is willing and able to continue to see us, but now through Zoom. So we continue to see him because he knows our history. We have that great relationship with him. He's happy to support us in that way. Do you have any words of wisdom to impart on defence partners listening and who have followed your story from a few years ago and now with the developments in what's happening for you in life? It's not the end of your story. You've got heaps of stuff to come. Like I said, I think this lifestyle really presents some unique situations and unique pressures that only those who have lived it or are living it really will understand. I think for me, what I've come to realise as time has gone on, Rob and I have been together for 10 years now with lots of different changes and locations and life experiences along that way. What's really become apparent to me is to have those supports around you. And it can be really hard when you move somewhere new and And you have to put yourself out there as a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, 40-year-old. And it it can be really strange to try and make new friends and put yourself out there. But for those times when you need it, when your member is away or when you're lonely because you're not near your family or you just need support in any capacity, it really makes a difference to have people you can not only call on but ones that you can call on that understand that you don't have to explain things to but that just get it. And that can be challenging depending on what stage you are in in your life, whether you have kids or don't have kids. Um, It can be hard to find your people. For me, it has really paid off to make sure I have had my people around me. And that's been different people at different times. I've had other defence members who are now posted to other states and we both moved around, but we can still maintain that support and connection via social media, via sending each other birthday cards, via sending things to each other's children. It's just about having those people who you don't have to explain things to and that just get it, that know to check in on you when your defence member is away and and just things like that. And I've been very fortunate in our current location because obviously my needs are different. Now I have the two girls. To have people who can do those practical things like drop things off when suddenly another daycare bug has taken your house down for the week or drop things off because the logistics of getting to the shops with two children, sick or not, can just be too much. So to have those people that are around who do check in on you has just been very important for me and for my mental health. And it can be really hard to ask for help. But a good friend recently said something that has really stuck with me. And she said, I had mentioned that I didn't really like asking for help because, you know, I felt a little bit needy. And I know everyone's got their own work and kids and things. And she had said to me, but you're not being needy, you're just in need. And that's very different. And that really stuck with me. And I was very grateful to hear that. And it's something that I would stress to other people that anything that you're willing to do for someone else without hesitation, without judgment, or because it makes you feel good to help other people, there will be equally people who will be willing to do all of that for you. And there's no need for anything to be any harder than it has to be. So use those people and find your people 
and don't make things harder for yourself than they need to be. Such words of wisdom. You're not needy, you're just in need. That is amazing and such a good way to look at it because, yeah, often we don't even ask the question or ask for the help because we just assume. But like you said, like if you're willing to help others, they are just as likely to be sitting there thinking, I would help you without a question kind of thing. And, it, and it's not about feeling like you're overwhelming me with your problems or with helping. It's about you being in need and your friends and your support network being there to help you with that. Yeah. And there are plenty of ways to find that. It might have to be an awkward post on your local defense partners page saying, hi, I'm new here. Does anyone want to be my friend, for lack of a better (laughs) way of wording it? But that's led me to some of my closest friends now that I've had the entire time that I have been a defence partner. So sometimes it does take being a little bit uncomfortable or risking going to an event where you think, oh, I'm not going to meet anyone or I'm not going to fit in or it might be awkward. That could be the case and that might be the case. But the alternative is that you could meet people who understand you who can support you, who can appreciate what you're going through. And that to me is well worth the risk of maybe things being a little bit awkward. So you never know where you're going to find your people. And I think as uncomfortable as it can be, um, there's probably just as many people also showing up to these events, not knowing what it's going to be like. You just have to try them as, as awkward as it might be. It really can pay off and have great benefits to you and your partner and your children to have good supports when you might not be near your normal supports, your normal friends, your normal families due to hosting around the country. Even like a network with just partners through defense, like a private community like you guys, which it's amazing what you're doing back. I'm I'm really grateful. I remember like a couple months in, I just listened to one of your podcasts and I remember just crying <laughs> because I was just like, I'm not alone here. Like people are going through this. This is going to be a huge experience and it's going to be something that definitely shapes both of us as individuals and our relationship. The biggest thing for me in the last six months or so has been uncertainty is always going to be there. No one is going to be able to like overcome uncertainties. Like they're just inevitable. So having something that kind of guides your decision making, I know that I'm the kind of person shouldn't be given too many options. Otherwise, like that just overwhelms me. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same. Having kind of like a framework to help narrow down those options has been really helpful. And that framework for me has been really led by like my personal values and what I want to achieve as a human being on this earth. Really understanding that has helped me kind of get past decision fatigue and be at peace with uncertainties. So that's a big one. And then also looking after myself, learning the true value of looking after myself. There's been a big movement around like self-care, but I think this has kind of transcended that. Like it's at the point where I'm like, if I don't really get serious about building my career and life around being able to look after my health and mentally and physically, then the future just becomes scary and scarier when you're not like in a good space trying to lead decisions based around like, is this actually good for me and my health has been like a really important lesson as well.
I guess, you know, it's all well and good for you to be able to cope with, you know, having your foot in civil world and reserve world and being a spouse, you know, wearing all hats. But how do you explain that and how do you help your your son to cope with reserve life and all that comes with, you know, your husband sometimes being away and sometimes being at a different job? How do, how do you manage that? Communication and talking to him sometimes people will ask me, how does he understand he's only three, he's only four? And it's just the repetition. And he always asks, and he does, it's, it's natural now. It's always, is daddy coming home tonight? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he'll be, he'll be home tonight. And, but not tomorrow. And I probably, it is just sometimes him and I, so it's just the one-on-one and we just chat about it. And really he'll, he'll tell people, oh, dad's going to army today. And my husband took him into um, base one day and they just loved him too. So I think really getting him on base and being able to show him where he goes and things like that was um, a real plus and everyone there loved him and, and took him around and he might only be four, but he understands. He sometimes, he asks questions and I encourage that as well. I'm successful in my own right and I don't feel as if I have any missing parts. So, you know, hubby compliments me rather than completing me. That's my biggest thing is that it's his job, not mine. And, you know, I don't let it control our life and I can't because, you know, otherwise we would just, you know, I would feel like I completely, you know, rely on him and it would, our life would be driven by the defense and that doesn't you know it doesn't serve any of us really at the end of the day so be successful in your own right and yeah try not to let it affect your life in you know as many places as possible what do you i guess looking back now wish you knew as a new spouse or would you tell yourself as a new spouse now One, it's okay to have friends that are friends of convenience. So it's okay to have friends that you get along with really well. Maybe you don't have a lot in common other than you're in a posting, but they're nice enough. And at the end of the posting, you can say, it's been really lovely knowing you. I wish you really well. And if we cross paths again, that's great. I'd love to catch up. That's 100% okay. It's not not like never going to speak to you again, but you don't have that pressure that pressure to to keep in touch yeah because defense spouses know that people move on and you know make new friends in new locations and know that you can pick it up where you left it off if you see each other again yes that is really that is 100% okay but then also the people who make you godmother of their children those relationships are the ones that's that it is also really important that while you are posted apart that you do maintain because they're the people you can call at 11 o'clock at night when whatever, you know, the hot water system's blown up and the dishwasher and you just, you can't get it together. They are the people that it is worth. I feel bad saying like, it's not worth investing time in those other relationships. It is, but you but don't that, feel guilty about not being able not, to stretch yourself, you know, for yeah. 50 different people in different, 10 different locations. Yes. yes. And keep when they are away a notebook where you can just jot down kind of more significant events that happen so that when you're having a phone call, you can quickly go through the notebook and like chat and go, oh, these things happened because we had friends get 
divorced while Drew was away once and I forgot. And, and then oh, no. we went round, we went round and he was like, Oh, where's John? And I was like, Oh, no. so yeah, a notebook, jot down significant events so that you can make sure you pass them along. You don't have to have awkward moments. <laughs> yeah. I guess I have, have learnt that I'm probably a lot stronger than I thought that I was, um, which is a good thing. I've learnt that I'm definitely a lot braver because when it's come to the crunch, I've just had to problem solve. Like I locked myself out of the house one day, like in that first month that he left. And so I was like, oh gosh, you know, so problem solving, how to do that. And then there's been things to set up our house so it can be rented that I just had to make decisions on. So I've definitely learnt that I'm yeah a lot stronger and braver than I thought, but I also know that I'm not good at saying no. So at the same time, I'm really good at overloading my calendar and, and that's not a practical thing when you're a solo parent or you're in the middle of posting. And so I'm having to learn how to think before I say yes to something um, and really take my time in deciding that, weighing up whether can I manage it. And to accept help, I'm definitely not good at accepting help. Um, I always feel like if they offer, then I need to offer them something back or if they're offering me for dinner, then I should take something. But the point is they're the ones doing the cooking. So like take it and go along. And I've also learned that I really like to be in control. And it's been really hard uh, waiting on a response from an email to do a toll or waiting for that house to come up through defence housing. So yeah, it's definitely been a big learning curve. So I'm trying to channel Elsa and just let it go <laughs> and not forget about it but just go okay we can't deal with that now you just got to write it down and move on so I think it will be a continual learning process uh, as everything is in life but I yeah again I think that the kids and I have done really well and I hope that uh, Luke can see all the crazy stuff that's gone on here to get us literally on that plane. It's not like you get this welcome pack sort of thing like, no. oh, now you're official. Here you go. Here's what you're yeah, entitled yeah, to. Yeah. When you were a new spouse, like what information or support was offered to you back then that was yeah, beneficial? Yeah, I think this or... brilliant. Like I'm, it doesn't even occur to me. But now thinking back, it's like, wow, there's nothing, is there? Yeah. And I have a cousin who's just gotten engaged to a Navy guy and the question she's asked me about, you know, moving and housing and how it all works, it's just crazy. It's only because she knows someone and she's able to ask me those questions because there isn't that welcome pack or that realistic advice about what's, what your future may look like. I could probably think of a lot of things that I wish I knew. My hesitation in stating those is that I don't know if anyone would have known about them. And so, I, and I think, Many of our experiences as military wives are so specific to our husbands and the jobs they do and what happens in our personal lives and the health of our family members and whether we have kids or we don't have kids or whether they're deployed or whether they're local or whether their job requires them to go out bush or stay home. And all of those things is so specific to every family. It means that at any one time, everyone is experiencing a different life. But I think some realistic advice around possibilities, and that's why I love your podcast so much, is because you can tap in and kind of go, oh, wow, let's listen to what's happened, 12 removals in 15 years. Wow, okay. And, and people can just have these things on their radars. And I've listened to a few of yours with, you know, industry-specific about where these women are working. And so if you 
were yourself a nurse, you could tap into your podcast and listen to, you know, another lady's experience as a nurse and how she's gotten jobs. And so that's what I love. And I think that's, that's where the, uh, um, the information becomes valuable and real. You can't actually say, okay, for the next 15 years, your life will look like this because nobody knows, but just having some, some real life cases where these, where we can all listen to each other and kind of think about what's going to happen. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 